Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to understanding purpose and figuring out what it means along the way. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. Well, welcome back to Full Bloom. Guess what, y'all? This is episode three. Count it. One, two, three. Um, First and foremost, I think after this episode, you are not going to get the numbers anymore because honestly, I'm going to lose count. So just know we made it to at least three and I think that's pretty dope. So welcome. Um, You guys are really awesome. Some of the feedback that I've been getting is really making me want to keep doing this. So thank you so much. Um, And we're going to get right into it. So today's purpose rant. I'm just going to preface this by saying I promised when I started this that I was going to be very honest all the time, open and transparent. So what I'm about to say, I don't want anybody to take offense to it, but I'm just being honest about where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And if you know me, you know I went to Spelman College. Hey, shout out to class of 2014. And for those of you that don't know, Spelman College is a historically black college and university. The number one. Yep. uh, That's for you, Akima. Um, (laughs) And so it's a space that celebrates black women all the time. Um, And in that space during college, I really learned a lot about myself, what it means to be a black woman, what it means to celebrate myself, what it means to embrace my blackness and what it means to look like me. And so when I started this podcast, I really wanted it to be a space for millennials like myself to come and share about their purpose and understand, you know, what it means to bloom, right? So recently I encountered this young lady on Instagram and I was looking through her page. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, she's doing some really great things. Um, she is Caucasian and she's very slim, right? Opposite of me. I'm black and I got a booty. Okay. Hey. But not in the like, oh, it's popping kind of way. It's like, oh, she's a big girl, but like comfortable as a big girl. Don't get it twisted. Um, so... I thought about it. I was like, you know, maybe I should have her on because, you know, she's a millennial. She's blooming. She's got an audience that I think, you know, would be attracted to this space as well. And I don't know. Something about it just did not feel like right. And so I texted my cousin. I was like, hey, you know, because she's kind of like my sounding board for a lot of things. And I was like, what do you feel about me inviting this young lady onto the podcast? And so I text her, I sent her her Instagram page, and she was like, I mean, you can. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And she was like, I mean, you know, you got to decide, like, is this a for us, by us kind of space? Or is this a for everybody kind of space? And so it really has been bothering me, not bothering me in the sense of like, oh, I'm not going to invite this white girl on to my show. But no, it's like, as a community, as a culture of black people or brown people, there are very few spaces that have been dedicated to celebrating us and uplifting us and teaching us and 
you know, helping us to become who we're supposed to be. And so I don't know the answer to her question yet. I don't know if this is a for us, by us kind of space only. I didn't intend for it to be, but I also want to do this space right in terms of who we welcome into it to pour into the audience. Because on her page, she talks about being a body advocate. And, you know, this girl is 100 and probably 15, 125 pounds, if that. And so she talks about body, body positivity and, you know, just wanting to help people feel comfortable in their skin. But it's like, I'm a black woman, 200 plus pounds, not afraid to say it. And it's like, am I really going to be able to connect to you in terms of you telling me about body image when I don't see myself on the magazines the way I see yourself on the magazines? Your body is celebrated in a much different way than my body. And of course, some could argue that there are black girls that are really slender. Like I, I know several people in my life, they're really skinny and they probably have struggled or dealt with feeling, you know, like their body was less than because they were so slim. Because I mean, people have issues on both sides of the spectrum. But for me, it's just, is this the best representation for somebody that I know, the people that I'm reaching out to? Are they going to be able to connect to this individual? authentically so everybody has their audience everybody has a space but for me it's now deciding who is that audience who is that space where is that space and so i guess the purpose in this rant today is you have to figure out who you're for like who is your audience who do you want your purpose to touch because one thing that i want to make very clear is that your purpose is not for you. Your purpose is for everyone else. Your passion, that belongs to you. That's what's sacred to you. That's what makes you feel good inside. And your purpose does that too. But in understanding and figuring out that you want to bloom and flourish and all those things, you got to know it's not for you. It's for somebody else. Because at the heart of who we are as people, we're servants. We are. We were created to be something to somebody else in some way, shape, or form. And so when trying to figure out the kind of people to share your space with, you've got to be cognizant of, well, one, is this my tribe? Are these the people that I want to invite into my world? Are these the kind of people that are going to really celebrate with me? Or is this somebody who, you know, is an imposter in a lot of ways. And by that, I mean somebody who, you know, is well-intentioned and really means well in terms of your growth as a person, but they truly can't celebrate with you because they don't really understand your story. And that's not neither a good or bad thing. It just means that they're not for you because everybody is not going to be for you. And once you are okay with that or the sooner you're okay with that I feel like the easier it is for you to accept when you don't connect with certain people and that's okay because everybody is not for you and that's not to say that this young lady could not be an could not be impactful you know to somebody else listening that's not the point at all it's is this kind of person going to have the kind of effect on my life that I want to resonate with my audience 
And you have an audience, whether you like realize it or not. Everything that you do, everything that you represent, the person you are, it attracts a certain kind of energy, a certain kind of being. And so just in developing that or developing this space for me now, back to me as an individual, I now have to decide, like, you know, what do I want this to look like? And so that's not to say I won't ever have somebody that's of a different race or um, religious background. Like, this is a space for all people, of course. But in that same breath, you have to be honest about the narrative that you want to share with people. And sometimes opening up your world to somebody who can't appreciate your experience it lessens your impact in a lot of ways. So like take Oprah. I love her. She's such an inspiration to everybody, honestly. And she's the kind of person that you can say, yeah, Oprah is for everybody in some way, shape or form. Now I have to decide, does Martina want to be for everybody? Or does she want to be for black women trying to bloom? Or does she want to be for millennial black women trying to bloom? Or does she want to be for millennials trying to bloom? And like in marketing, when I was in grad school, we talked a lot about knowing your audience. And so for me, and now for you, as you go on this journey of figuring out your purpose and understanding who you want to be, you've got to decide what does your audience look like? You know, who do you want to invite into your space? So hopefully that makes sense. And if it doesn't, don't worry. We're going to clarify it as we go along on this journey. And I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, Martina's president, she doesn't like these kind No, back up. That's not what I'm saying. But I do want us to really think about the kind of people that we want to invite into our world because it is important who you share your space with and who you allow to pour into your own individual audience. So yeah, that's that. Our adulting life hack of the week. Now, I decided that I think we need to be a little bit more balanced in terms of the kind of things that I share. So I decided, you know what, every week you'll get a little bit of raggedy and a little bit of practical in one. Okay, so this week's adulting life hack is something (laughs) really interesting, actually. You all know like when you have to go to an event and you need something to wear, right? Well, sometimes you really want to look really nice, but you also don't want to ball out. So again, this is the raggedy one. And then I'm going to give you something a little more practical. And you can go to the store. And you know when you have those tags on there that says, you can return this garment with this tag on it. Like they'll accept it as long as the tag's on it, right? That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about not wearing it. And let me also preface this by saying that I told my mom about this life hack, like that I was thinking about saying this. And she was like, don't do that because, and she gave me some like real highfalutin, like ethical word for it. And I can't remember what it is right now. I'll tag it. I'll tag it in the episode notes, but it's basically like ethically wrong or something like that. And I'm just like, I get it, mom. However, so basically, I had to go to this wedding like two two years ago almost. There was, in one year, I went to like six weddings. And I'm not exaggerating. So in that year, like I literally wore all of like the wedding worthy clothes that I had. So the next year, I had another wedding to go to. And I was like, 
I don't want to rewear a dress that I wore, but I also don't want to like spend a whole lot of money on a new dress right now. So I was like, you know what, let me just go to the store and see what they have. So I find a dress, it looks nice, and it's like probably like $250 or something like that. I was like, honestly, I will never wear this dress again. So I was like, all right, how can I buy this and bring it back? Yeah, I really thought about it. I was like, I can just wear this and bring it back. Like, I don't need it. So here's the life hack. I went on Amazon and I bought a garment gun. And so basically, the garment gun was $11. And I wore the dress. And after the wedding... I just put the tags back on with the garment gun, took it back, no problems, no questions asked. You're welcome. I know, it's real raggedy, it's real ratchet, and I won't do it again, I promise. But in that space, I was like, I don't want this dress, but I need to go to this wedding. (laughs) So yeah, I know all of you are judging me, and it's okay, like, I'm growing, I'm becoming a better person every day, I promise. So the balanced version of this is something a little bit more practical. Um, There's this website called Rent the Runway. And on there, you can, like it suggests, rent the runway. So they have these beautiful dresses for all occasions. And you can go on there. It's a subscription-based like site. So you pay, like I think it's like $80 to join or something like that. And then you can go on there and rent dresses. They send you two sizes, you know, one like, that's your size, but then one in case it doesn't fit. And then boom, you can go to the event and take it back. And then you don't have to spend more than, I mean, depending on the kind of dress, because some of them on there, you can rent for like two or $300. Um, but then you're sending the dress back. So you don't have to deal with like having a dress that you don't need and that you probably won't wear again in the near future. You're welcome. Signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> Our guest today is sitting in our guest chair. Um, I actually really like that expression, like the guest chair. And I got it from um, a podcast that I listened to. Uh, what is it called? Side Hustle Pro with Nikayla, um Cole. And she's awesome. You guys, listen to that podcast. If you're trying to learn about how to bring your side hustle up to your regular hustle, she's dope. Listen to it. Check it out. Uh, side Hustle Pro. Um, so in my guest chair today, I have none other than Miss Brianna Starks. Um, she's an actress in Atlanta, and she's on the come up right now. Like, she's really been doing some dope things, has some really cool projects coming up on the way. So yeah, y'all listen in and let me know what you think. So excited to have with me today, Miss Brianna Starks. Uh, no relation to Game of Thrones? No. Sure? Sadly. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> it's over anyway, so whatever. Everyone's <laughs> really upset with the way that the last yeah, season was. I just think they rushed through it way too fast. And the writing was very lazy. Yep, I said it. <laughs> the writing was really lazy. Um, but it's okay. Yeah, a lot of people said that. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to let it go and move on with my life. Apparently there was a Starbucks coffee cup in one of them. Yes, and then there was, like a, I think, a water bottle in another what? episode. Yeah, the episode where John kills Khaleesi. 
there's like a water bottle like off to the side and or something John like that. And John is snow. I'm sorry, I don't watch Game of Thrones. <sighs> it's okay. You you didn't miss anything until <laughs> last season, <laughs> except when Arya kills all the White Walkers. I tried to watch it like earlier, and I just couldn't get into it. Um, it's really good though. Yeah, that's what people say. Yeah, despite the ending. Yeah. Um, it, it was really good. Why do they have to call him Bran the Broken? Like, because he's so in a wheelchair. <laughs> wrong <laughs> I was uh, like they call him broken because he's in a wheelchair <laughs> that's what my mind said no like, yeah oh, that's okay. why because he's in a wheelchair <laughs> I mean I guess there's it's supposed to be deeper than that but it's he's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. it's the surface well welcome to the podcast well thank you for I'm having really me. excited um we actually met um in my apartment yeah, on absolutely. set, we did. and I was so pregnant, and it mm-hmm. was so hot. <laughs> and you were it was working last summer, yeah, last summer, and yeah. you were working on some short films with um, the screening room, screening ATL. room, yeah. yeah. Um, and we just started kind of talking about you know the indie community mm-hmm. in Atlanta, which mm-hmm. is like it's a really big thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were just like. You weren't complaining, but you were definitely venting about, like, there's just not enough work. It's not. Yeah. It's, and it's because here in Atlanta, we got to create our own stuff. You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of how I got interested in following you, because you were just really big on, like, I'm going to make my own stuff. And yeah. I was like, okay, go make your own stuff. <laughs> um, and so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little. Tell the people who you are. Well, um, my name is Brianna Starks. I am an actress. Also, I am a writer and a producer and a director. I've directed um, one of my shorts. It's called One and Only. It's on YouTube right now. You can find it. Um, But I wrote that as well. Um, And um, as far as me personally, (laughs) I'm just an all around, you know, fun, outgoing, a little loopy, crazy person. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, and you recently got featured in uh, Voyage Atlanta, right? I did. Talked a little um, bit about that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. A friend of mine um, re- referred uh, Voyage over to me. His name is Shamari Love. He's actually, um, he's, well, he doesn't live here, but he comes here to work a lot as well mm-hmm. as um, he's from New York originally. So shout out to Shamari. But um, yeah, it was a really cool article. Um, the link is on my Instagram page. Um, you can definitely read it on there but yeah voyage i was i was just really grateful that they gave me the opportunity you yeah. know to talk and um to speak about my experience and what i'm doing and um where i want to go and stuff like that so that was really interesting and fun yeah that's like so exciting first, uh magazine type spread on yeah and i feel like that's kind of what you know this whole platform is about like you know we're all kind of just just starting out really in our mm-hmm. career in that space where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, figuring it out, what opportunity should I pursue, this, right. that, and other. So kind of talk about that in terms of what you're doing now. Like you just had uh, two screenings of your short film, mm-hmm. Harlem. I did. Um, and you can tell us a little bit about that process yeah. and, you know, just so, kind of how it um, came about. Well, Harlem is about a girl who is struggling with um, – Forgiveness of her father, and then that's also tying into the way she treats men in her life now, um, someone that she's dating. Um, but it just goes through that that dynamic of uh, the daughter-father, um, not-so-great relationship type dynamic. Um, but it is in, in the end, there is like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't find it. You can do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like, um, at the end, you know, her dad apologizes and they kind of make up but it's it's a great film um so as far as like 
reaching out to places to screen that. Um, Screening Room ATL was the first place that I screened it, um, Mm -hmm. which was a great turnout. A lot of people came out and they really enjoyed it. I was really, I was happy and I was nervous because it's not my first film, but it's longer than my first one, like a whole like 10 minutes longer than my (laughs) first one Um, or maybe less. Yeah. No, no, about a whole 10 minutes, uh, maybe more. Um, but yeah, so it was, you know, Kalima's a really good friend of mine. So I just reached out and was like, hey, Kalima, I want to screen Harlem. But, you know, she already knew that in the process of mm-hmm. me making Harlem that I was going to eventually screen it at the screening room. Um, and it was really dope and it was fun. Um, I also was reached out by someone um, who was also putting together another screening for her project. Um, her name is Shakita. She um, reached out to me. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want more eyes on it. So definitely, um, thank you for reaching out. I sent it over. She loves it. She loved it. So we screened it there too. And I got some really great feedback. And, you know, it is just a process. And I'm just growing and learning, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because when I watch it, I'm very proud of what I did and what I put together myself. And not necessarily myself, because I had a great team. Um, in Sean Mathis, who was my director, and Justin Toulon, who was my DP, and um, Jimmy Miller, who was also on the um, production team as far as them. And that's basically Laconic Productions. They're a really great team to work with, and I really enjoy working with them. Um, yeah. And then Janae, Janae, sorry, Jen, Jennifer Renee. <laughs> Jennifer Renee. She didn't mean it, girl. Right, exactly. Is a really great friend of mine, and she's a producer, and she helped me put, put my project together. and. It was just amazing, and I was really happy and excited. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we're all a tight-knit indie community out here. I think we do a really great job of supporting one another. Yeah, I really like that about Atlanta. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody – and, I mean, I guess to some people that could be, like, a disadvantage because you kind of run into the same people Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. But everybody really has this, like, hustle about them. Like, everybody's just trying to make it happen, you know, for themselves and for their friends. And so – Absolutely. Even with Harlem, like – the story that you're telling, mm-hmm. um, like, goes that any of that, like, autobiographical? Most, well, I'm going to say most of it because it's somewhat fictional, but um, it is autobiographical because it is about my relationship that I have with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of based on that. Um, and it was just a little different for me because, and I think it's for any child in general, but I don't know, for me, it just hurts a little different when, yeah, you may have not known your father when you were a child or, like, out of your life yeah. wholeheartedly, but my father was in my life until like 13, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then just disappear, disappear, fall off the face of the earth. And you just don't know, but you know, I think we don't know. Um, for me, it was therapeutic um, because I got to close some chapters. I got to give some forgiveness. Um, yeah. I got to um, really just look inward and into me in the way that I do treatment and how I look at relationships and mm-hmm. how I look at, you know, um, everything in general there's a line I, I wrote in the film and it's kind of it stands true to my life um because I am single but um there's a line I wrote in the film and I, it just says you know um if my own father loved me and left me what makes me think another man won't do the same mm-hmm. so um that that's, just really that's, hits that's home deep. for me and that's on it's sad yeah. it's sad to say but it's kind of just how I feel yeah you know that's <laughs> and just, that's okay like I feel yeah. like you know we're at this age especially it's okay for us to try to work through a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff because 
you don't want to get to the place where like you're in a serious relationship yeah. and then the person is trying to connect care. to you and, they, and yeah. you can't because you just have all this baggage, baggage yeah, yeah, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's a lot of baggage. And sometimes it's not necessarily that you don't care. It's just that you just don't know how. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. You really don't know how. Like, yeah. And it's hurt me some because I'm, I don't really like, I'll move on. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. that's just where my mind is when it comes to relationships and men like, okay, it didn't work out with us. All right, I don't. I won't fight for it. And yeah, that's a, I think that's a problem. Yeah, because really you kind of have like an indifference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm okay with you leaving, but I'm okay with you staying too if you want to yeah. stay. But my dad left, so it's not like, like you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. it's really not like the end of the world. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that that has been a gift and a curse for me. Yeah, because be um, it it may help you to like not internalize mm-hmm. the pain everything. of everything, mm-hmm. but it also makes you distant it and does. hard and to connect it. to. Mm-hmm. So I guess in writing, in writing Harlem, in terms of your purpose, because that's you know that's what we're about yeah. in, on Fool and Fool. Right? Um, do you feel like that this story is connected to you finding your purpose? I think so. I think it's connected to me finding the type of relationship that I want, um, or it's connected to me in growing in relationship with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, only, and I say that because. It's like, um, it's like, cause I, I find myself where like, I want a relationship and then I'm like, like, do I really, you know, but, um, I won't chime in because I'm married with a child, <laughs> but I do understand that, like that, that struggle of like mm-hmm. wanting to like, do I want to just focus on me, pursue my career, mm-hmm. like do all these things or am I trying to get, you know. Right. And see, here's the thing for me personally, it's a lot of things that I would have to talk about with dealing with someone because at, I don't, I mean, I don't care about saying my age. Everybody knows I am. At 32. Yeah. I don't really want kids. Like I'm 32 now and I know that I don't want kids, but I don't know if I'm going to feel like that five years from now. And people Mm -hmm. say, well, if you don't want to wait too late to have kids, but I feel like if I was supposed to have a kid, which if I was supposed to, it would have happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Honestly. But it's like, I have to find somebody that we have to, you know, agree. Not to say I won't date anybody with kids. That's yeah. great because you already have them. It takes out a step like, for me. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I might meet that man that changed my mind. Like Gabrielle Union said, um, she didn't want kids before she met Dwayne Wade. Yeah. You know, and then and just sadly she heart. couldn't yeah. do it herself, but they still have a beautiful baby girl together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know how I'm going to feel if I find that person that may make me change my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's I mean, I guess, do you, do you feel like that's why you don't connect? Is, do you feel like you're afraid of finding that person that's going to open you and then force you into that space? I feel like, I mean, I, I can connect cause I do like people and I do like people hard when I do like, <laughs> but it's not easy for me to fall in love. You know what okay. I'm saying? So I do like, and I like hard. And if I'm dealing with you, I'm dealing with, you mm-hmm. and then if you show me something then I'm just like all right hands off you yeah. know what I'm saying like that's legit how I am so it's not, I don't think I have an issue with connecting with men um I may have an issue with letting them go too easy you know what I'm yeah. saying like yeah. just like I, I understand because I get tired of people well you know what I'm not a therapist and I would not dare <laughs> give you any kind of I need an analysis yeah I'm not gonna do that <laughs> but I would say I think it's important and this is for anybody mm-hmm. like when you find yourself kind of repeating the same cycle, cycle you got you, to step back and look and be like, why am I doing 
mm-hmm. what I'm doing because uh, I have like, you know, you all have Victor Kin. Yeah. I have a fake brother and he used to say this to me all the time when we were growing up. Like, the person you are at 16, that's who you're going to be for the rest of your life. And I used to look at him like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm going to change so much. But now, like, looking at it now, I'm just like, I really am the same person. Just, I've evolved a bit. Yeah. And so it's like, when you look at yourself at this age, in 10 years from now, and you, is this person, are you okay with who you are now? Mm -hmm. And then if you evolve even more, you're just going to take that person with you. Exactly. And you're just going to kind of change a bit. Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to find somebody to connect to, you got to work out that stuff as much as you can now so you don't take it with you into the future. And honestly, I am a firm believer in you know, not all men are the same, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But not, but however, um, there are some that are the same. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's like, you just got to find that, that fine line. I think you have to really find a line, um, of what you, you have to know what you want. And honestly, right now I'm not a hundred percent sure on what I want from a man. I do know what I want from myself. Yeah. You and so speaking of from yourself mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, pursuing your projects, you say, you know, you're in that space now where you're trying to create your own projects until, you know, something else comes mm-hmm. along. So in terms of creating something that you, you know, like you said, can be proud of, mm-hmm. what are some more projects that you feel like are part of your purpose, part of your journey, part of, you know, what you want to put out into the world? So like the type of roles I want to do yeah, or something or like anything. That. You're um, writing, you're producing, because well, you basically do everything. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do everything, you know, but I am an actor <laughs> first, so I do love to audition in general. Um, as far as me and my writing and stuff like that, it's, I personally, I have to get on the foot. I like to say I'm an actor first, like I said. Yeah. Um. So acting is what's most important to me when it comes to the career field. You know, I'm yeah. not entire, my whole entire life. But in the career field, acting is the more most important part for me. Um, however, I do write because I don't, I'm not going to say don't get cast, but because I haven't, that's a lot too. I write <laughs> because only I know what I can do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I write to try to showcase myself. And do you feel like you life. write your characters for yourself? Um, not all the time. Like mm-hmm. my first project that I wrote, one and only, I'm not in that at all. It's just a short scene. Um, Jared Michael Collins, who's an amazing actor here, um, in Atlanta, or just in general, not just here. <laughs> he's just an amazing actor. And Jennifer Renee, who's my friend that's also a producer, but she's an actor too. Mm-hmm. I um put them in a project together. Like mm-hmm. when I wrote it, I didn't have me in mind. And what I'm writing now, which is probably gonna take me a while. <laughs> hey, I, I I'm right there with super you. <laughs> fast and I have to put stuff down. I don't like beating a dead horse. Um, but yeah, so what I'm writing now, I don't see myself playing any of the characters yet. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. So for Harlem, though, I knew that I wanted to play that. Like, I knew this was me because yeah. it was my story. So yeah. I was like, this is going to be me. Um, but no, like, I'm the type of writer, if I don't see myself in the role, I'm not going to cast. If I don't see myself in the film, I'm not going to cast myself at yeah. all, you know, because I do want to learn other aspects of the other aspects of filmmaking, like get to know more so about producing and, you know, executive producing, um, as well as directing and learning and learning lenses and just doing a lot of different yeah. stuff um, in general. But as far as like my purpose, I feel like it's all connected to my purpose. Yeah. Which is what? What do you think your purpose is? My purpose, I think, is to inspire and touch people. I want to make people feel like I want to make people feel things when they're watching me in something. Um, Mm -hmm. So, for instance, 
I just watched today, well, yesterday when it first came out. I watched uh, When They See Us. Oh, God. Uh, Honestly, like. Definitely watch it at your own pace. Yeah, you have to, because I've I've literally been trying to watch it all afternoon, and I keep having to get up, and I'm the kind of person I want to sit and I want to enjoy. But the reality of that situation, it's just, it's It's overwhelming. Yeah, because it's like. It's real. It's it's real, and it it was it's, real, and we haven't recovered from that. Is what I, it keeps bothering me because it's like because after that you have the Khalif Browder situation, right? It just and, and it continued to sadly, evolve. He took his own life. It's really it's still a problem. He was innocent in that, yeah. that situation. Was a freaking book bag, and then these kids, <laughs> these five, fourteen, the sixteen year old. Boys. Right, these are children. They're children, and it's like I, it's crazy because I was holding my son while I was watching mm-hmm. it, and I looked at my husband. I was just like, "How are we supposed to raise a black boy in this country? Like, like I don't even feel safe. Like, it's really letting sad. him go into the world. It's really sad." But that I I tortured myself, and I watched all four oh episodes. My God. It's like my five hours, six you. hours. Um, but I felt. Everything. Yeah, you know you what do. I'm saying. You feel every moment I felt of that. Everything in the movie, like in the in the in the series, I felt angry. I was upset. I was hurt. I was. I just kept asking, like, why don't they like us? Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Like, how? Like, it just kept asking myself. I cried like a baby, and I want to affect people that way. Yeah, like I want to affect people with my art. And why way. is that so important to you? Like, why do you want people to feel? Because I feel like feelings invoke change and. You are allowed to put yourself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. when you, um, when you can, yeah. and, and through art, like whether it be motion picture or whatever type of art, if dancing is another art form that makes me feel, feel yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and then I think, like I said, it just, I just feel like it can invoke some type of change in people. Um, Barry Jenkins is one of my favorite directors and Someone asked him, I was listening to um, some of his interviews um, for press for uh, If Bill Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him, you know, why was it important for you to have the camera or to, for, for you to have the actors look directly into the camera? Have you seen right. Bill Street? I've only heard of it. It's look, amazing. I just had a baby. I haven't had no, time no, to no, leave of the world. No, it's into actually the world. On, it's on Hulu right now. So make oh, sure y'all go watch okay. it. okay. Yes. It's on Hulu, but he has the actors. And actually, Ava did it in... in um, when they see us, but he has the actors look directly into the, into camera, the camera in like a fifty mm-hmm. frame, like a fifty millimeter frame, and like like they you have to look into their yeah. eyes, and you he have said to connect that, to them that he way. said that um, it wasn't necessarily because he wanted this effect, but because he said it it hit him that this would be the first time some white people will have to look directly into a black guy's eyes, wow. like have to. If you watch this movie, there's no way that you can't look directly into yeah. um, Stefan Stefan's eyes, who plays a uh, wow. It, it's a it's a phenomenal film too. Yeah, that that's real because it's funny. Like I'm in a book club at my job, mm-hmm. and I'm the only black girl. Mm-hmm. And the last book that we did was Just Mercy. I joined the book club right after that. I auditioned for that movie. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, have a friend that's in that movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sidebar. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the girl that's like the organizer for it, she pulled me aside and we're getting ready to start our next book. And she was like, you know, there are a lot of people in this group that because there are a lot of older ladies in our group. And she's like, there are a lot of them that are just acknowledging 
that there was problems. That there were some problems in this country that they're so proud of. That Sidebar: Just Mercy is also based on a true story. Yeah, and it's just it's so overwhelming to think that people people really allow themselves to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so, if you as an individual, we as artists, let's say it that way, have the power to invoke the kind of change to allow people to feel, then I feel like you would be doing a disservice to the whole universe, as they like to say, if you don't put, if you don't, if you don't do it. your work, yeah, if you, you don't, don't do what do you're your supposed work. to do. And that's, that's honestly, that's just the truth. If you don't do what you're, what you, I'm a firm believer in following your passion, whatever your passion, like whatever, whatever gift that God has blessed you with. And mm-hmm. a gift, according to Steve Harvey, and I do like the definition of it, is something that you can do without the, with the least bit of effort. Like something yeah. you do great without the least bit of effort. But everybody needs to train. Everybody needs to find fine tune mm-hmm. their gift. So if you do have a gift and you know what that gift is, you got to hone in on it. You have to, you have to fall in love with it. You have to over and over fall in love with it. This acting mm-hmm. business, like pursuing this career, is not easy. Like it's really, really hard. Yeah. And you will, you can be in love with it and feel like it does not love you back. And I literally just came from that type of mindset a few like year a year ago or a few years ago until it was like this year that I decided which is also very important you have to yeah. decide um but this year I decided this was going to be my bloom year and that's I that's hey. the wave I've been riding hey but that's just the wave I've been riding I've been trying to yeah, going. I, I love that because I I've listened to Yamani Awardee a lot mm-hmm. um and she talks about it a lot in terms of her career. Like that's insecure actress. Insecure, yeah. She plays Molly on Insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also has a podcast, um, Jesus and Jalal. They're hilarious, by the way. Uh, her and um Lovey uh-huh. Ajayi, they're hilarious. And she was talking about just how three years ago, um, uh, well, I guess it would have been four, four now, mm-hmm. you know, she was living a much different life. Mm-hmm. And when you you gotta buckle down and decide, like you, you gotta do. hustle. And I think our generation really, really lacks that hustle in a lot of ways. Yeah, because we're just so used to things. Not that we're used to things being handed to us, because no. it's not that at all. Yeah, but there's just this thing that's lacking. I feel mm-hmm. that keeps us from being as ambitious as we could. Yeah. So I, think I don't it know might what be, it is. It might be fear. It might be a little fear. It could be yeah. our parents. Because, you know, sometimes you have parents that are like, well, you know, you need to make sure you have stability. You have yeah. this, you have that. Right, yeah. right. And I can have all that, but I can also have that and pursue my dream still. Um, I so think- do you feel like, especially in this space as artists, can you have stability and pursue your passion at the same time? It just depends on what you define stability as. <laughs> um, I like to say I have a little stability. I mean, here's my stability. I have food in my mouth. I have a roof over my uh-huh. head. I have a car to get me back and forth to the places that I need to get back and forth to. And I'm breathing and I'm yeah. alive. Like, honestly, that's my definition of stability. Mm-hmm. No, I might not have the car that I want yeah. or the apartment that I have or the, the apartment that I want or maybe the fact that I don't live by myself at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's other things. Yeah, you may want other things, but you have to work your behind off to get to, the, to, to, get to that next yeah. step. But it also has to do, I think... I think when you are unsure, you have to ask for a sign from God and you have to be, you have to be blatant in what you're asking for. And like, for me, so side, little side story for me, I've been like, I was struggling a very long time with 
not necessarily confidence in my career because I always know I was a great actress. I mean, I can always be better and I want to be better. However, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm always going to be great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> if you don't know it, how is anybody, anybody else supposed else to know? know? <laughs> exactly. But because this industry is so hard in the fact that you do audition a shit ton, excuse me, but you audition a lot, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's a lot of rejection and it can tear you a heart, yeah. like mentally, emotionally, it can tear you apart. And I'm already super sensitive only when I need to be, <laughs> but like it can tear you apart. But sometimes you have to ask for that sign. You have to ask God like, Hey, I need for me in my, my case, I'll just say speak for myself this year. Like I declared it to be my bloom year, but I was struggling mentally in the yeah. beginning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's still hard. So a couple months ago, I asked God and I was just like, listen, I need a sign. Like I was getting so frustrated in my career. I hadn't booked anything in the past five years, anything major. Mind you, I'm still working on my own stuff. Yeah. I'm still creating my own projects. I'm still doing. But as an artist, we always feel like we're not doing enough. enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or things aren't happening for us. Um, and that's what I'm trying to get my mindset out of. But I prayed and I was like, God, I need a sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing because mm-hmm. I'm about to turn. This was right before my 32nd birthday. It's like I'm about to turn. This was just in April. It's like I'm yeah. about to turn 32 and I'm about to just walk away. Like I can't, but because I've tried. It's just really hard because <laughs> um, I love it. Keep you know, pulling you um, back. Exactly. And I was like, I'm about to just walk away. Like I need, I need a sign and I need to be in the form of something more than just another audition because I audition every day. Yeah. You know, and I recently, well, in April, I was actually up. It came into the, it came in the form of an audition. However, it came in the form of it being down to me and another actress. That's mm-hmm. also a quote, like a named actress as well oh, wow. already. Like, I could have been a supporting lead in a film opposite some major players. Yeah. And the fact that I got down to the fact that it was just me and another actress Mm -hmm. and it it went the other way, but it felt that was my sign. Yeah. It felt like confirmation. It was confirmation. I know it was. And then, and it was just like, you, you just got to keep going. And then a couple weeks later I booked a movie that's going to be on Netflix and oh my god yeah, so and, now, and, and then I just any, booked any, the TV show spoilers now? it's a movie called Holiday that's all I could say all right okay. it's going to be on Netflix though it's starring Emma Roberts all right mm-hmm. that's exciting congratulations mm-hmm. I just finished shooting that last week wow it was fun it's going to be fun wow and then I just found out I booked a TV show a couple of days ago as well oh that 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 makes me excited for you Thank honestly because it's Thank like you. when a you speak TV it show. into mm-hmm. the atmosphere into existence Things will start coming to you. Things, the doors will start to they open will. if you start walking in that direction. And, so. and you have to. It's hard, but you gotta just decide to be. You have to decide to be positive about it. Yeah. Like you have to decide to be positive about it. Ask for it. Let it go. And this audition that the supporting lead role that I almost got. Like I literally taped the audition the same day I got it. Mm-hmm. It was five pages. Taped it the same night. I taped it at like midnight. My manager calls me the next day. I was like, hey, I think we missed the mark on this read or whatever, because there was a casting director note. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, Gail, I just took my hair down. There's no <laughs> way I'm going to get this audition in at three o'clock. Like, there's no way I'm getting it back. And she was like, okay, don't worry about it. And then, mind you, the same day, it's a Friday now. This was Thursday. It's Friday now. 
and I talked to her on the phone. I'm like, I can't do it over. And she's like, okay, but there's a casting director meet and greet. And I'm like, I need some feedback on my auditions. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. What do I need to do? So I go, I'm frustrated. They, they give me some feedback, not feedback, but they tell me what to do as far as, you know, maybe get a coach and go over your tapes and all this other stuff. I was just not really trying to hear yeah, it. Yeah, you heard were it. trying to hear it. <laughs> I heard it, but I wasn't really trying to hear it. So I called, I mean, later on that day, my manager's assistant calls me about another. Mind you guys, I'm still getting auditions and there's still opportunities coming my way and I'm still yeah. feeling like, what am I doing wrong? wrong? Like, what yeah. am I doing? And I'm calling, I'm crying to her on the phone. Like, yeah, like Tiandra, I just don't know what to do. And she's like, Brianna, you just got to stay strong. You got you to gotta hold it in there. We're doing, mm-hmm. doing, mind you, this is the same day that I get a call later on while I'm at work. Like, casting freaking loved your audition she wants you to call her personally wow like it was really it was real it was definitely god telling me calm down yeah relax it's happening just that's way that's really good and it's crazy because you know today when we're recording this it's june 1st Mm -hmm. and we are literally at the halfway mark of Of the the year year. Mm -hmm. so you still literally have six months a lot of time you have a lot of time. time You don't even know, but you just gave me a sign about something that I really want. It's a wow. Look, it's look a at, I will be a prophesy on no full bloom. You didn't, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a name you said, and you don't even know it. But wow. I took it as a sign. It could very well not be, but I think yeah. it is. So I'm going to take it that way. Well, go ahead, girl. <laughs> so in talking about just like, um, you know, creating the life that you want and pursuing things that make you happy, that are filled with purpose and passion, mm-hmm. what do you call, what I like to call in this segment, um, living your best life? What does that look like for you? For me, it's just waking up. Because I feel like without waking up in the morning, you can't do anything because you're dead. Sadly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, a little morbid. <laughs> no, um, it's real, though. Yeah. People really, I think people really don't take into effect of how precious life is. I'm a waitress for my money sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I work at a trivia spot. Yesterday, we had, what's today? Saturday? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My day is becoming good. Yesterday we had trivia and a trivia team's name was West Virginia. Wait. Um, you can do Virginia it. Beach Bodies, right? That's yeah. the trivia team's name. Oh, wow. 12 people were just killed yeah. yesterday. Wow. In Virginia Beach. And you have no, like, that's people. What if that was your kid yeah. or your son or your mother or your aunt or your cousin, your brother, who, your sister, whomever? And it, it may seem so minute, but for you to, to come to a trivia game, yeah, you have no morals. Like you have no respect for human life. You don't even really respect your life because yeah, life is precious. If you don't wake up in the morning, you can't pursue anything. And they let them play with that name? They don't. Didn't, wow. <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah. Um, but it's I think living my best life would just be waking up every single day yeah. and being able to go after my purpose and follow my dreams and yeah. eventually I will be living the life that I am creating for myself. Mm-hmm. Um because I want I want a lot. I want the final things in life. I don't think it's it's anything wrong with wanting sh- so much almost cussed again. A lot of money. Good, good, good job. A lot of money. <laughs> In your bank account, I don't yeah. think it's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's wrong anything wrong with you want to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. I don't think I just want to make my mama proud. Like, yeah, that's it. 
Like you're, my mom and you're my doing brother, it. You're doing I want to make keep continue to make them proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that was a little dramatic of me, but it was. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before you go, okay. we're gonna go into a little game that I like to call "Growing Up Millennial." Okay. Now you're like on the earlier side. Yeah, I'm I calling am. you. Are. You're on the <laughs> earlier <laughs> side of. <laughs> I love it when people like our generation. I'm like, how do you? Yeah, you're, you're still you're still a millennial. You're still part of the club. <laughs> So you may actually do better than most of the people that have played let's this game. Try so let's out. see. Um, all right. So first question: um, What is the actual name of the hashtag sign? Like it has an, a formal name. What is it a called? Pound sign. Good job. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people our oh, age no. don't know what it's called. <laughs> that is hilarious. Pound. Pound. That's what it's called. Pound. Good job. All right. Second question. Um, there was a social media site before Instagram MySpace. Can I ask the question? Because <laughs> I had a MySpace page. Uh, well, that was correct. MySpace, but... let me tell y'all something. MySpace was where it was at for a minute. Like, uh-huh. you could put your, your page design, you could put music on there. Yeah, that was the actual question. What a site allowed you to put music on there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you finish. No, it's that not was it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. No, no, no not rapid fire. where it's at. I don't think you could get a MySpace page anymore. Today. No, yeah, honestly. And I think I, I logged into mine, like, maybe two years ago just to see, like, what was I happening. I don't even remember. Yeah, I only remember because I, remember I could use email. my email. Exactly. <laughs> I could check it was my email. I remember the email, but I don't remember the password to that email address. Oh, my God. And well, that was back when I was, like, 15 years old. Yeah, that was. Like, I was 14, 15. That was, like, a huge Bow Wow fan. And my email was like girly bow fifteen or something. It was really like childish. It's so funny because I went to the store with my cousin today, and she like her email was like, well, I won't say it on here, but yeah. it's something real childish. And I'm like, it's time for you to change that. <laughs> well, that girly bow, I don't know it. I don't oh know the password. So go have fun right. with that. So two more questions. Mm-hmm. Name the boy group that included Justin Timberlake. In sync. Good job. And the last question. Name three. I don't know if, for all the marbles. <laughs> the last question for all the marbles. Name three Nickelodeon shows. Nickelodeon. Okay, you had all that. Uh-huh. Keenan and Kill. Uh-huh. What was Amanda Bynes show called? I can't tell you. You're playing the game. Uh, Nickelodeon. Oh, okay. Does it have to be cart? Can it, can it, it can be, be cartoons? anything. anything okay, you got the... Doug. You got Hey uh-huh, Arnold. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got it. I you will got go it. all the way in. <laughs> well... Did you see that picture of Kale as Good Bur- in the Good Burger costume, like from then and then now? No, he looks exactly the same. I mean, you know, black don't crack. Legit, Sorry, is that okay for me to say? I mean, it is. I think it's true. <laughs> I've had uh, Caucasian people tell me that y'all people, your people's skin is just so pure. You know what I really feel like oh, when God. people tell me that. When, when you know, it's okay. Those when people folks mm-hmm. tell me that your skin is so pretty because I have really bad acne. I really be thinking they be talking about my skin color, and I'm, I'm not even. Kidding. <laughs> I swear, I feel like they be talking about our. It's so beautiful. It's so like they be talking about our skin color as much as they want to hate us. They still want to be us. All right. Some uh, of, on that of, note, I love all of them. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time today, and you do get to keep your millennial card. Yeah, all the questions right. Uh, it's a good luck on all your endeavors, and yes. yeah, keep keep shining, girl. Thank you. You guys follow my social. Yeah, where can we find you? So my social media is Starbree. Well, my Instagram is Starbree, S-T-A-R-B-R-I. And then Facebook is just Brianna Starks. Um, Don't message me on Facebook, people. I don't have Messenger (laughs) on my phone. I went on the internet today and looked at, like, typed in Facebook and got Uh on the website. 
I had a bunch of like happy birthdays, a bunch of messages, and I was just oh, like, oh lord, okay. yeah, too much. But yeah, those are my handles. Please be on the lookout for Holiday. It's going to be on um, Netflix. Um, I'm not sure when, but when I find out, y'all will know. Oh, how exciting. As well as the new TV show coming to TV show coming to I don't know if they want to talk about it. Okay, yeah, don't get in trouble. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. She is really a joy to be around because she she's really been through a lot in her career, especially. And I'm really proud of her for, you know, pushing through. And as she's declared over her life this year, that it is her bloom year. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing all of the amazing things that she's going to do. And I know that she, I know she's going to make it. So I know right now, like, hey, I knew you before you was you, girl. Hey. <laughs> Um, but no, if we can take anything away from her life is that if you, if you write a vision and you make it plain, as the Bible says, then everything that is for you will come to you. No questions asked. And so just y'all push through, um, my bloom to bloom for you today or this week is just be authentic in who you are and be relentless in that. Don't back down and don't compromise yourself for anybody or anything. If you set a standard for the way that you want to live your life, for the kind of life that you want to live, then don't allow any kind of circumstances, rejection, pain, you know, any of that to make you feel less than ever. And always just keep pushing, keep going until you get to what you know belongs to you. Um, I love you guys. I know that you're going to bloom. I know you're going to find your purpose. And when you get to that, you're going to be so proud of the person you are. And so I don't ever want anybody to feel like they compromised that for a moment because they were trying to come up or because they were trying to have an opportunity. Like you don't want to carry around that kind of guilt because you allowed yourself to do something just for the sake of having a new opportunity. So Y'all subscribe and come back next week. And I am so excited to continue on this journey with y'all. And just let me know what you think. And some of your emails have been really interesting. And I, I feel like I'm going to like start a section with just email responses or like messages that I get on Instagram. 
but I don't think we're there yet. So I'm going to let it play out for a little bit. But please let me know what you think and holla at your girl. I'll see y'all next week.